Hey, listen, we're going to get started right now. Uh, we have a prophecy update we're doing, obviously, with all of the events that are going on in the world. Uh, please welcome our special guest tonight from 412 Church in Murrieta, Pastor Tim Thompson. Hey, hey, how you doing, Pastor Tom? Wonderful to have you with us, Tim. I think that's illegal right now for us to shake is. hands. I'm sure somebody online might get upset about that. I forgot. But you know what? Um, that's all right. We're moving forward. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, normally, I have a lot of announcements right about now, but um, I have no announcements tonight other than um, I want to get started with some prayer, and then we're going to get going. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to reach the world. We thank you for everybody watching live and all those who will be watching throughout the week, uh, the things that we shared tonight. Lord, we ask that people would be saved. The gospel is being proclaimed throughout the whole world through so many different ministries now. Lord, we count it a privilege to be able to share uh, a, a prophecy, what your word says about the days that are coming and the days that we live in. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ready, Tim? I'm ready. Okay, so, Excited. so I, I am too. I appreciate you so much. Uh, it's good, great to have a partner in ministry like you. Uh, we have a lot of different guests, as you know here. You've spoken for me many times. We have James Cadiz, Don Stewart, uh, Barry Stagner. Uh, we have a, a lot of different guests, Mike McIntosh, and on down the list, and of course you. And um, uh, you've been through some interesting things. We both live in the state of California. Our ministries are not uh, too far away from each other. Right. Um, and in and, and California, uh, things have gotten um, uh, a lot tighter, you might say. The oh, yeah. restrictions are increasing. And uh, I, I think of the coronavirus uh, going back. I remember probably you, you did the same thing. Back in December, started noticing these things in China because right. we, we both talked about Bible prophecy. Right. So we're, uh, uh, we're very aware of pandemics or pestilences. So reading those things, I remember coming January, I did a prophecy update on it. And then here we are. But this thing's getting tighter and tighter. What's been your experience just over the last uh, last few days? Yeah, just over the last few days. I mean, it's um, every single day I wake up, I'm wondering what am I going to hear now? You know, yeah. um, and, and tuning into the news, hearing what uh, President Trump is saying, hearing what his whole team behind him is saying. Um, things continue to progress very quickly, and especially when it comes to church. And that's one of, the, obviously, the major areas of concern for me is seeing how is it that in a time like this, we're still able to maintain a, a ministry and outreach and, and getting out there to touch the people um, with the social distancing, but, but touch them with this love of Christ and bring them together in some fashion so they feel some sense of normality, you know, with all the craziness that's going on in the world. I mean, I always tell people this about our children's ministry. You know, there's a lot that goes on in public school systems and stuff, indoctrination and, and all sorts of weird stuff. The church should be the, the place that they go to that they know is a source of stability. Uh, the Word of God has been around for a long time. It's never changed, and so why would we change it? So we don't change it. We just keep continuing to preach the truth. So that's a consistency, and uh, we want to try to maintain that same consistency for everybody going through this pandemic. Yeah. So we're going to look at some facts. Uh, the, the, we have the Bible, which is a, such a praise report at a time like this. Because when we look at it, we, we get news from the left and the right. And, and it's hard to make out what's even right. But we have the Bible. And, we are, and that guides us. It's a light in the dark place. And at the same time, we also have facts. 
some things that we're going to report on tonight about the things that are going on in the world uh, with coronavirus that we don't hear about in the news. It could be Fox News or CNN, and you're not getting Still all not of these it. things. Right. And, and yet we're going to be talking about these things. People need to know. And, and so we're going to get there in just a minute. Tim, I'm going to give every, all of our viewers right now an idea of some of the things we're going to talk about tonight. Not just coronavirus. We're going to talk about the economy. We're going to talk about socialism, uh, the mark of the beast, ID 2020. Uh, we're going to talk about the Pope. I'm going to ask you some things about the Pope. Uh, we're going to talk about the rapture um, I, and, and whatever else comes up in our time together, which I expect is going to be a lot. Um, so this came up, and you talked about the church being essential. I agree with you. Right. Texas governor deems religious services essential as police arrest southern pastors for holding Sunday services. You were threatened with an arrest today, if I remember correctly, but you're here, you didn't get booked, you didn't get charged. I'm good, I'm still you're, here. You're here with me. Yeah. But, but it is, a church is essential. You look at the spiritual and emotional support that a church gives people in the community, but not just that, the good that comes out of it. You have drug addicts, and you have thieves, and you have radical uh, people of bad backgrounds that come, they get saved, and suddenly they, became, they become uh, producers of good for the, the community. And now we're told that you got to shut down churches, but make sure you keep the, the uh, liquor stores and in California, the pot stores all open. Right. And let prisoners out of jail. And you're thinking, well, this makes no sense. But Isaiah wrote that there would be a generation where right would be wrong and wrong would be right. Jesus said lawlessness would abound. I'm looking at this going, how can lawlessness not abound when you, you're, you're closing the churches? Right. And, and witnessing right. this thing. Yeah, and, and Paul told Timothy that there would be a generation that would consider nothing holy. And we see that. So, yeah, yeah um, to me and to everybody who's tuning in online that, that is a Bible-believing Christian, the act of communion is a holy act. Yeah. This is such an important, integral part of our faith. And we have seen over just my lifetime, we've seen the attitude towards communion itself. Uh, the sacrament, if you will, of communion. We see this attitude of, ah, it's, you know, yeah. you don't have to worry too much about that. And I've even seen people that administer communion and they'll just walk by and they'll grab the bread and pop it in their mouth and grab a little cup and, you know, oh, did my thing. And they're not treating it as the holy blessing it is of remembering what Christ mm -hmm. did for us and, and understanding and, and every motion of what we do, it has meaning, it has purpose. Um, understanding what we're going to celebrate this Wednesday night with the Passover, how yeah. every part of this was, was very meaningful and a, it's a very holy act. And so we're telling people across the state here, hey, listen, churches still need to be able to come together. Uh, we're in Holy Week right now. We had Palm Sunday today. We've got Easter next week. We've got Passover in between. This is a holy time for Christians and Jews, and um, we partake together in communion, and it's a holy thing. And, and I've had so many people say, ah, oh, what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. You know, you're meeting in homes. You shouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah. And so they're, they're considering this holy act yeah. is like it's Doesn't nothing. Matter. Yeah, I, I look at it, and, and I hear a lot of people there telling me that they're expecting a great revival to come out of this. I don't think so, yeah. Though, because, because the church that I read about in the Bible during the last days is what you described. Uh, Jesus said, will I find faith when I return? Uh, the, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul described the church that is just apathetic. Uh, the book of Revelation describes the church that is lukewarm. Um, you, so you go on through this list, and the, the passage, I think this is what you're quoting from, 
is from 2 Timothy chapter 3. In the last days, know this, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power from such people turn away. And this form of, of, well, we're right, we're good with God. Why do we need to partake of communion? Why do we need to do this? Why do we need to do that? We don't really need to meet as a body. You, you, you're, you're too religious. You're too sold out for the Lord. Listen, God has, is, uh, the word of God, in fact, it was a quote I got from you not too long ago. Only 2% of churches in America, I think you told me, teach on last day's prophecies. Yeah, 2.8. 2.8%. Uh, 2. 2. 2. 8, 8, and I don't even know how many you said don't even believe it. The pastors don't. Yeah, 72% of pastors in America, 72% of them do not believe in the inerrancy and the infallibility of this book right here. Yeah. 70, 72%, that leaves only 28% that believe it. And then out of the 28% that believe it, only 10% of them are taking the word of God and taking the cultural issues and everything that's going on worldwide and saying, this is what God said would be happening at this time. So yeah. this is what you need to know. 2.8%. Yeah. You look at that. So uh, we both study these things. And the people that follow our ministries, like they enjoy these things. They're right. connecting with it. But with that, you, you said something earlier if these things shouldn't catch us by surprise that are happening right now, right. if you know the Bible. Right. Yeah, I mean, think, think about what Paul said to the church. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant of these yeah. things. You know, the, the idea, if, if they don't want us to be ignorant, if Paul yeah. didn't want us to, the Lord doesn't want us to, he's written it down for us. And over and over again in God's word, Jesus tells us to watch. Yeah. Paul tells us to watch. I mean, these are things that were put there 2,000 years ago so that way you and I and everybody that's watching tonight would be able to open this book Look what's going on at, in Israel. Look what's going on at the Temple Mount. Look what's going on in the culture and how kids are behaving. Look what's going on globally. Is there some sort of global movement to rule the world, tear down all the borders? All of these things are prophetic. They were all written down for us to know. And then when you start talking about these things, sometimes you get this deer-in-the-headlights look from people. Like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know what I find interesting? People that I know that don't go to church are contacting me now wanting to know what's going on. But church people just seem to overall be in a, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm like, but, it, but that's it's a, it, this lukewarmness. Right. Jesus said in a, in a book of Revelation, I'd rather have you hot or cold. The hot would be people are on fire for the Lord. They're saying, Jesus is coming. Let's be ready. The cold are people who, they're not it. They're, they haven't really been involved. But it's the cold people that are wanting to know in the middle of the road people that went to church. Uh, uh, just forget it. And it makes so much more sense. Living in the environment we do now, why Jesus said, I'd rather have you hot or cold. Uh, right. and, and looking at that. So we're going to get into these things in just a second. But before we go there, I'm going to let everybody know that uh, this week in, in, in place of our regular Wednesday night study that we do at our church, I'm letting everybody know this at Hope for Our Times or either 412 Church. Tim, you're doing the same thing we are. Olivier Melnick, a great friend of ours, uh, and he's a Messianic Jew, uh, one, of, one of my very good friends. He has a live, he's going to be doing a live Seder on Facebook. You can find him on uh, Facebook, Olivier Melnick. In fact, if, you, if you're on our website right now or on our YouTube, you're following us, uh, we'll have information there so you can go to his, 
his live Facebook. It's going to be an hour-long Seder. He shortened it for you all. It's going to be 6 o'clock Pacific time. It's going to be live. You've got to get on there. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And then he's going to do a Q&A when he's done, also a live Q&A. Uh, folks, these are the things that we need to know. Um, I, I find this also fascinating, Tim. I think you and I were texting back and forth about it yesterday, that when you said the, the whole world is in the shelter right now for Passover. Right. Stay at home. And the first Passover in Egypt, it was shelter at home for the Jews. Right. And here we are again. And, and we're wondering, is there, is God telling us he's coming for us? You know, what is going on? Well, and think about this. So shelter and home, uh, and shelter in place, just like the Israelites were told. But here we are all these years later, and worldwide, everybody's being told yeah. to shelter at home. Everybody. And so if you think about this Passover, if you've never celebrated a Passover, this is an incredible opportunity to go through and find the Messiah and the Passover. And if mm -hmm. all of us are doing this at the same time, seeking the Lord, seeing how he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, think about really what can happen and the, yeah. the faith that people have that it can be solidified because we need to be ready. Yeah. He is coming back. I believe it's soon. And we need to really be paying yeah. attention right this, now. This is really amazing. And by the way, if you want, to, that gets to be your camera. If okay. you want to look straight at the people All right. too. So it's perfect for you. But with that, um, also, you, so on your 412 Church Murrieta, you'll have information for Olivier's Facebook to connect there. So either of our ministries connect with us. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm looking at this too. Could you imagine, people have uh, been saying for years that teach on the rapture and Bible prophecy, that can you imagine all of a sudden the planes fly out of the sky when the pilot gets raptured or, or every, all business stops and the catastrophe? Well, what if the rapture took place while we're, everybody's being sheltered and there aren't planes flying? Right. It wouldn't be that much of a shock because a month later people would come out of their houses and Christians wouldn't be around and nobody would think anything was abnormal. They're probably still sheltering at home, they'd say. And it wouldn't upset things other than the way they're already going if the rapture took place. Now, I'm not saying the rapture's taking place next week. But it's, it, we live in exciting days. Right. Okay, so I'm going to get into, I'm going to ask you this first about the, the, the uh, New World Order. I believe we are watching the birth of the New World Order. This is uh, posted by Prophecy News Watch, and, and I'm sure you've seen it in various places as I have. Growing calls for one world government in response to the virus outbreak. Listen to this. Former UK Prime Minister Gordon Brown has called on world leaders to form a temporary global government in response to coronavirus pandemic. The ex-Labor Prime Minister stressed the need for a task force comprised of world leaders, <clears throat> health experts, as well as leaders of their international organizations that could have executive powers to execute the response. So you're looking at global leaders with the executive pastors do whatever they want to call the shots around the whole world. And that include bringing the United States into submission to these things, which it appears is happening anyways. Right. Um, Brown would, would like to see the G20 lead this charge in cooperation with the UN Security Council while giving more resources and power to the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. So I'm looking at this going, to me, this is what the Bible told us was going to happen. And then this is a quote. This is a quote uh, that says, this is not something that can be dealt with in one country. There has to be a coordinated global response and then highlighting the differences between the 2008 economic collapse that he dealt with and the current crisis brown added this is the first and foremost a medical emergency and there has to be joint action to deal with that 
But the more you intervene to deal with the medical inter, uh, emergency, the more you put economies at risk. And then Nigel Farage, I'm almost done. It's long, but it's intriguing. Yeah. Nigel Farage, who you, you're well aware of, you know him. Uh, the leader of the Brexit party took exception to these comments about a world government. He said, Gordon Brown doesn't get it. Globalization is the cause of our problems, not the savior, which is true. Uh, right. Then um, uh, this continues, though. Uh, somebody else quotes and says, Gordon Brown does get it. Uh, the one world government is about sheer power over populists, not helping the people. They want a world of slaves. He was a key Bilderberg uh, 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 attendee. And then he goes on to write about uh, the Christian prophecies. Those who believe in, in uh, Bible prophecies foretold of these things. The Bible did tell us of these things, doesn't it? Right, absolutely. Um, and we're seeing this all over the world right now where, where there's a, an element of fear that's being propagated out through our medias and people are buying into the fear. And that's not to say that coronavirus isn't, it's, isn't real or shouldn't be taken serious. Of mm -hmm. course, um, it's, it's a real virus. It should be taken serious. But one thing we, we know is that it's a, an engineered virus. It's been designed. Uh, it's been released on purpose. So th this is known. This is established. It's not like it's a secret. Um, and what we're finding now is this has gone all over the world. So uh, as of today, we're up to 182 countries that this has reached, which isn't all of the countries in the world, but it's, it's pretty darn close now. Um, so it's, it's touching the whole world. And with this fear, if you could push the fear on people enough, uh, you can get them to buy into this type of stuff where we do need a global power that can exercise authority over the entire world. And, and of course, we know the spirit behind this. It's the same spirit that's been alive and well throughout the history is the spirit of Antichrist that wants to rule the entire world. Yeah, yeah you go back to the Tower of Babel and the world government was, was eliminated because of the, the, uh, the languages were changed, people were scattered throughout the world, but ever since then, man has wanted to have a global empire again. Uh, you, uh, looking at it, utopian. And I believe there's a lot of people, like Bill Gates, for example, who have this utopian worldview. They're going to fix the problems without God. Now, the, I... I need you to think of this if you're at home. Bill Gates has been one of the propagators of we have too many people in the world. Right. The population is too much. You probably have heard that. The Pope has said that. The globalists said we need to eliminate some people. So Bill Gates has said there's too many people in the world, yet he's now promoting a vaccine to save all the people in the world. There's something wrong with that. Right. It makes me wonder what's really in this vaccine if he actually has said there's too many people in here. Now, speaking of... The, and I want you to comment on that in a minute, too. But I want to go back to your fear comment. Uh, you know, whether or not you, you say it was engineered, some people disagree with you, whatever it is, we have it, but there's a fear factor. Get this, Tim, and I'm sure you've seen the same stats I have. January 1 to April 1 of this year, all right, COVID-19 deaths 40, worldwide, 46,438. Some people at home are probably going, oh, well, in comparison, that's nothing. These are the exact same dates. January 1 to April 1, seasonal flu, 122,000. Malaria, 246,000. Suicide, 270,000. Traffic fatalities, 340,000. Uh, HIV, AIDS, 422,000. Alcohol, 627,000. Smoking, 1.25 million. Cancer, 2 0.06 million. Hunger. Why does anybody care about that? 2 million, over 2 million 800,000. 
dying of hunger. You don't hear about these things. Right. So what on earth is really going on? And then, of course, you put in abortion, abortion here, right. which people are considering an essential medical thing. Right. You, know, you look at this, you go, this is, this is unbelievable. Abortion is essential. Although I couldn't get a doctor's appointment for something I had recently because they said that's not essential unless you're dying. But, but an abortion is essential so you can kill somebody else. Yeah, bizarre. 10,665,000 since January 1. You look at this, we have some bizarre things that are happening. I believe there's demons behind the stuff that we are witnessing. I know people are going to be totally ticked off at me for saying that, but that's fine. Because I look at this and I go, there's something seriously wrong with what we are witnessing. Um, the world used to really be up in arms about HIV and AIDS. They're not saying that about that now. They're not, the hunger, they're not worried about feeding the world right now. But the COVID, which has taken less lives than virtually all of these others, uh, literally all of these others by far in the world is in fear. And then you, you have these, and then Bill Gates comes along and says, I want you to take a vaccine. But at the same time, he's trying to eliminate people from the world. I, I don't, I, you know, help me to make sense of these things. Yeah, I mean, well, you made a comment just a moment ago and I, it, it hit me kind of weird. You said that people are going to get upset at you for saying that there's demons behind all of this. Uh, a Bible-believing Christian opens up the word of God. They should have no problems accepting that statement. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our battle and what we're going through is a spiritual battle. It's very real. It's biblical to understand it that way. And we have to face this with that in mind, that this is a spiritual battle. There is a demonic force behind all of this. And we have to understand that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. If you are a Bible-believing Christian, you've got the Spirit of God in you, giving you wisdom and understanding of what's in this book that's lasted for thousands of years. It's never changed. It's remained the same. It's, it's completely complete. It lacks nothing. It doesn't contradict itself in any way. And so we open this up and say, okay, God's already told us everything that's going to happen. He's given us a Spirit to help us discern what's right and what's wrong and know as we look around the world that there is a spiritual force that, yeah. that's at work against yeah. us. Why? Because you and I and everybody that's listening has been created in the image of God and Satan hates it. Amen. It, it's a spiritual battle. We forget it's a spiritual battle. I look at this. If people would pay attention to their Bibles, these things should not catch us as a surprise. Right. They should catch every Bible-believing Christian. If you believe the Bible as a warning, Listen, we're, we're witnessing birth pangs. Um, Charles Krautheimer, before he passed away, I'm sure you, you remember who he was, right. he said during the Ebola, vir uh, Ebola virus, he said a quarantine is the ultimate victory against civil liberty. Wow. That is fascinating. And this is what we're watching. We are watching our uh, freedoms being eliminated, which is exactly what the Bible tells us. Uh, Tim, you've been going through the book of Daniel. Um, I've been going through the book of Daniel. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream in the book of Daniel, the first dream he has. And what he sees is the last day's empire after the legs of iron. He sees the feet uh, that, with the toes that are made of iron mixed with clay, partly strong and partly weak. It's a vicious kingdom. It's a terrible kingdom. It's a crushing kingdom. It's an all-encompassing kingdom. There's going to be 10 elite rulers that are controlling the world. They're going to give their power and authority to the Antichrist. Do you see that? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're seeing this rise up, specifically with the article that you read earlier. This is what's going on around the world. I'm, I'm curious who those 10 are. Um, I don't want to speculate. Maybe you do. Um, but uh, um, I don't want to speculate, but it's, it's 
very apparent that, that that is exactly what's going on. And the stage is being set for that because there are powers around the world and people are looking to different groups to, to kind of pull together and lead everybody. They're looking for that leader. Right. Listen to this. This reported today. By the way, this is live. A lot of churches are doing things pre-recorded. This is live. So this was just, uh, this was just a couple hours ago. Uh, some 430,000 people flew from China to the United States after the coronavirus was first reported. 430,000. And remember that Trump was saying, hey, we need to cut off people right. coming from China and how, many, how he got blasted as being a racist for saying that. And now they're saying he's not, he never did anything. The, the whole thing is just something else. But we're watching this. And, uh, and so let's move on from there. We have a lot more things to talk about. I'm going to ask you about Israel. We're going to come back to some things. I'm going to ask you about the Pope, too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like, is the Pope the false prophet? So, okay. Um, Israel. Let's go there. Uh, you went to APAC. Uh, the APAC right. that was, you know, after pe people left there, they said, coronavirus right. broke out there. Right. They I, had a I couple of those. cases, I, I heard. You know, the whole yeah. thing was absurd, yeah. but you can start to see the, the, the blaming this on the Jews blaming. and blaming things on the Christians. Right. We're watching that. That shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody no. that reads the Bible either. That right. is going to happen in the last days. But you're pretty closely connected with Israel. You and I both have, uh, there are certain things we just are very right. like-minded with and ministry-minded, march forward together. But you have some insight to Israel and uh, some things that you shared with me that are it, it just interesting they're going on in Israel, the Temple Mount, right. uh, the pursuit to build the temple and so forth. Do you want right. to uh, talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. You know, I got a call from somebody I, I know that that's pretty well connected and they said, hey, Tim, just want you to know I'm hearing that the Temple Mount is is shut down, uh, that, that there's nobody on it. And uh, of course, the first thing I did, because I, I wanted to make sure that if I'm going to pass this information on, that it's, it's real. And of course, it was a good source, but I want to make sure. So I logged on the internet. And if you guys don't know, if you ever want to watch, just go and do a Google search. There are all sorts of live webcams where you can tune in and see the Temple Mount. So I did that. I, I tuned in, wanted to see. And of course, uh, you've been there. You know mm -hmm. the Western Wall. And you know where, where people go through the security and they walk up the ramp and they go in where mm -hmm. the Al-Aqsa Mosque is. You're on the Temple Mount. If you tune into that, what you're seeing is there is nobody going up there. You yeah. know, of course, there's still Jews, though, going yeah. to the Western Wall. And so with, with the whole coronavirus outbreak, what we found is the Temple Mount has been exactly. vacated, completely yeah. evacuated. There's nobody up there, um, which is interesting because now the dominating prayer force that's going on there is the Jews are there praying to God. Of course, and the Jews are being blamed because they're, because they're gathering right. for prayer uh, they're, they're being blamed for, for being a problem with spreading the coronavirus. As your friend Rob McCoy, just right. today this happened, right? Just Where today. he had a church service today mm -hmm. uh, in Thousand Oaks in California. Uh, he was on the city council up there also, I right. believe. Uh, right. He resigned because of pressure because he had a church service. He even had, now if I remember Tim, you know him better than I do. Uh, he made sure that everybody is six feet apart um, and, and following all of the guidelines and, and, and right. these things. But nevertheless, you, you see this, and, and, and you can see where the direction of these things are going to blaming the Jews, blaming the Christians. Listen, once the rapture takes place, the only people left to blame is going to be the, is going to be the Jews. The Jews, right. And so it's going to turn that way. I find it interesting also, when you look back through the old Roman Empire, it was the Christians who were blamed for burning Rome and then uh, by Nero. And then uh, after the persecution was against the Christians, it really heated up towards the Jews too. 
and then what's going to, I see the same thing happening now, as we're going to witness uh, the, the revived Roman Empire come to be. It just, it, I find these days so fascinating. Right. Um, uh, now, with this, the, the New World Order, uh, let me ask you a, a little bit about um, the economy. So what, where do you project these things are going? This, that's a hard one to, to project, but um, there, there's a lot of talk right now, especially with this big stimulus package that, that just came out. Uh, a lot of people trying to figure out how they can get a piece of that. Um, a lot of businesses are applying for those uh, PPP loans and stuff like that. Um, if we don't see it turn around real fast, I don't know how our nation can pull out of this. We are going into such a tremendous amount of debt. Your grandchildren and great-grandchildren and their great-grandchildren won't be able to pay this debt back. It's just an absorbent amount of money. Um, and, and, of course, they're talking about another one coming out. Yeah, they're already working on another one. Package. Right, another stimulus package. And so um, we're throwing a lot of money at it. You know, Donald Trump said it best, the, the cure can't be worse than the initial yeah. problem. Well, this, this is worse. We've shut everything down. Uh, and, of course, what Satan means for, for wickedness, God can use for good, and we're seeing a lot of good come yeah. from it. But... Um, God has created us to work, mm -hmm. you know, especially, you know, the men that are out there that have their, their, um, their, their family business or whatever they're doing, trying to provide for their family. Men are supposed to work. Mm -hmm. We're not supposed to sit at home. We're not supposed to, we're supposed to be watching, but we're not supposed to be watching Netflix. Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> you know, we're supposed to be watching what's going on in the world and paying attention, knowing what's in the scriptures, but, but sitting at home with nothing to do is not, yeah. it's not good for us. So we need to see this turnaround quickly or we're not going to be able to dig ourselves out of this. Yeah, I've, I've seen more Netflix than normal lately. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, um, I, so I have some friends that are economists and I ask them questions. Basically what they come to the same conclusion. If this thing doesn't turn around soon enough, then, then we've got this thing's just going to be in a free for a uh, free fall. Yeah. Um, and then, but when we look at the Bible and how un things unfold in the Bible, um, the the economic collapse and the pestilence issue that destroys a plague that destroys a quarter of the world's population. That is not the coronavirus. You know, we're looking at uh, Don Stewart said this morning less than 006 percent of the people are dying that get it. And the people that are dying are already, uh, for the most part, they're right. already compromised. Right. That's, I mean, death is a terrible thing still. Right. But it's not a quarter. It's not 25% of the world's population. Right. That is still coming. And when you look at that still coming, that means during the tribulation, people are going to look at coronavirus and think those were the good old days. Right. And that's a call to wake up and understand. The economic, there is an economic collapse that's going to come also in the tribulation period. I do not believe that we are there yet. Uh, so when I look at this, I think, okay, there, maybe there's going to be some rebound or just some leveling off. Uh, I do think new laws are going to be implemented that Absolutely. we aren't going to be able to escape from. Right. No, I think about back to 9-11. Uh, the day 9-11 happened, every single American knew that our lives were forever changed. We're never going to fly the same. We're never going to travel on a plane the same. I mean, security everywhere, how police respond to certain incidents, everything was going to change, and of course it did. And you look at what's going on right now with coronavirus, this is another defining moment for our nation, for how we do business. Everything is changing. It's going to be forever changed how we respond to any sort of virus, um, the type of you know, medical equipment that 
hospitals are going to be required to have on hand, you know, all this kind of stuff, everything's going to change. How employers are allowed to, you know, whether or not they're allowed to fire somebody or allow them to continue working, all these things are going to be taken into consideration. And of course, all of these things are going to cost money. They're all going to cost a lot of money. Right. So I, I, I believe that there, I, I really believe we're going to socialism because the, the way the Bible describes things, Revelation chapter 13, no one can buy or sell unless they receive the mark of the beast. There has to be some elite at the top, which we know, 10 kings, Revelation chapter right. 17, 10 toes, Daniel chapter 2, uh, the 10 horns that you find in both Revelation and Daniel. Right. So we know there's going to be these 10 leaders that are 10 elite people at the top, with the, and they're going to give their power and authority to the Antichrist at the top, which is what Gordon Brown and many world rulers are saying, or former world rulers are saying, that's what we need. So it's going that way. But that describes socialism also. You have these people at the top, everybody else is poor. Um, when you look at Agenda 2030, which I want to get into in just a couple of minutes, um, the, the intent with Agenda 2030 and the climate laws that are coming, I believe climate laws are also going to come out of this. When you look at those things that are coming, the intent isn't to bring third world countries up to United States level. No. Yeah. The intent is to bring United States down to third world countries. Because the Agenda 2030 says um, that the United States is, uh, is not sustainable for climate change purposes. Mm -hmm. So I believe it's quite likely what we are witnessing is uh, these things are we're being brought down and that's alarming for anybody to be able to handle but the bible the way the bible doesn't uh show that the united states is a superpower in the last days are we witnessing that is that what's going on here it sure sure would appear that way and, and when you when you look at the rest of the world um you want to you want to know what it's like living in socialism go to our grocery stores right now uh, where you see empty shelves, mm -hmm. that's what it's like living in socialism. What happens in, in these other nations, and I've traveled the world, I've seen what socialism looks like for real. And a lot of people, they're going through colleges, universities right now, they're being pumped into their mind that socialism is good. But what they need to do is just get on a plane once coronavirus is done and over with, travel to one of these socialist countries and see what socialism looks like. Because you go shopping there, there's nothing on the shelves. Why? Because the second a shipment comes in, everybody buys everything up. Why? Because they're afraid they're never going to get it again. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're seeing here, yeah. bringing us down to that type of, of mentality. We are. I, I want to I ask you about that, a little bit more about that. Because a couple of things, if you, if you go back four weeks, just four weeks, all you got to do, and you saw... The, the attacks on Bernie Sanders in a socialistic policy, and the attacks were showing bread lines, empty store shelves. This is exactly what we have in America right now. Now here's, so I'm looking at this going just like that, and America bought into it um, across the board, how easy it was to happen. Uh, before this happened, uh, people standing up for gun rights would say, oh, over, over my cold, dead hands, this is going to happen. Well, guess what? These things are happening. Right. We still are able to have guns, but we're looking at it. You know, how did this happen? Churches, me included, you included. Uh, of course, you, you had your church service today almost arrested for it. <laughs> Rob had his, and uh, we're doing ours online. And, uh, but, but the threat is, don't meet. And, and, and it wasn't long ago where we've had discussions they're not going to be able to keep me from preaching the gospel. Right. They're not able to keep us from preaching the gospel. We are still meeting. It's online. But you look and you go, wow, that was easy just to say you, you, can't, 
in fact, people right now, we're sitting too close. Right. We're, we're within elbow. We're, right. We're less than six feet apart. Yeah. And another thing with this is um, we take a look at these, these rapidly changing mandates, they're calling them. Uh, it's not an actual law, but they're calling it a mandate. Um, just yesterday, the change that, that took place yesterday was no, no church services at all, no, no drive-in type where you stay in your own car with your windows up, but you're, you're parked yeah. every other stall and you can see one another. So we're still kind of, we have that eye contact. We're with each other. Um, it said none of that. And here's, here's what it said. So eye contact. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what, what said in this mandate was there was a member, an elected, well, initially he was a Gavin Newsom appointed supervisor for the county. Uh, now he, he got reelected after he was appointed by Gavin Newsom. Um, for the audience, if you don't know, if you're out of state, Gavin Newsom is the governor of California. Um, he appointed this guy. Now this guy got reelected for four years, and he made a statement in this. And his statement was, um, I, won't, I don't have the exact quote because I don't have it in front of me, but what he said essentially was, um, this week is a holy week for all Christians, and um, so the best way for you to love your God is to, is to uh, you know, love people by this, so the best way you can celebrate this week is staying home. And I'm just if beside really, myself if because... If you really love your neighbor is what I think he said, yeah. then stay home. Yeah, and so, but he said that the best way to love your God is this, yeah. and, and I'm hearing a government official tell the church how they're supposed to yeah. worship their God, yeah. and this is socialism where even the, the, the state's controlling the church, telling the church when you can have church, how you can have church, what's the best way to worship your God. And we saw that with Rome. We saw that with England. We, you know, we see this all throughout history where the state starts to control the church. And what happens? The church starts to act very wickedly. Not that we're not acting wicked enough on our own, but you let the state run the church, that's never a good thing. Yeah. You look at, so we, we have, um, it's, it's, it's really bad. The direction of things is really bad. Right. Here's the other thing. Let's go to the stimulus package. Now, I've heard the next one that's coming is going to have even more, a lot more pork. Right. So we're going to be interesting to see how that happens. But right now, uh, most people are going to be getting these stimulus checks in the mail from the government. That is like a drug dealer. So this is what happens with the drug dealer. I know from experience 40 years ago how it works. You give somebody a drug. Uh, back then, it was cocaine, right? That was a drug of my choice. It was cocaine. All of a sudden you say, I really like that. You suddenly go back to that dealer. I, I promise you, this is what's going to happen. So many Americans who, would have, who have said, never are we going to have socialism, are going to get a check, it's going to come in the mail, or it's going to come into your bank account, and you're going to say, this is good. I need and more. You're, and you're, I need more, <laughs> and you're going to be hooked. It will happen. It's going to happen to Christians. It's going to happen to conservatives who said, it'll never happen to me, and it will happen. I promise you, it's the nature of man. It's the sinful part of man. Uh, keep this in mind. Free cheese is also available in mousetraps. And I look at various stimulus packages that are coming, and some of them are concerning to me. Uh, I don't sure. want to get into all these things, but, but man, it's, it's, there's a trap. And uh, the enemy of our souls knows this. Right. And uh, people in power that, are, that want to bring about socialism, what a brilliant plan. Just as Charles Krauthammer said, we go into a quarantine, we want to take care of you. Suddenly it's not God that's taking care of you. Gavin Newsom and his team are saying, no, if, you're really, if you really love God, if you really know God, or whatever that quote was, uh, no, this is the way you do it. We're watching it. We're watching it form. Um, so it, it's, it's coming. We're watching the birth of a new world order. The Bible told us it was going to come. 
let, let me ask you another question. Uh, ID 2020, are you familiar yes. at all with it? Okay. Identification 2020. With Bill Gates. Uh, with Bill Gates yeah. and his team of elitists and brilliant people who I do believe, Tim, some of them probably have good human intentions sure. in the sense of they want to build a utopian world. With, the, with going towards the utopian world, this is going to put you and I and people that think like us in the way. We're, going to be, we're not going to be good citizens. Let me put it into terms that I think everybody can understand. Um, if you are a, you're not a good citizen right now, by many people's standards, if, let's say you go out for a bike ride with your family, you, somebody's going to socially shame you. Possibly a neighbor, possibly someone that you thought was a friend uh, because they're, they're abiding by uh, the law, uh, every jot and every tittle of the land of the state of California in this case. Social shaming. Uh, right. You're not a good citizen. This is going this way. This, this social shaming and not being a good citizen is going to increase more and more and more. You've been labeled as a not a good citizen today by right. the church service that you did, as was obviously Rob McCoy. Um, I'm sure just you and I and having a worship team, some people are going to label us that way. So when we look at ID 2020, it's coupled with a vaccine and an identification. Right. You don't get the vaccine. But you think you're going to be a good citizen? Yeah, no, I mean, they are pumping this up and, and talking about this vaccine that the entire world needs. Um, and, and of course, if you don't get it, now all of a sudden you're the one that doesn't care about the rest of society. And we've already yeah. been conditioned with this. Everywhere we go, flu shot, you want a flu shot? You know, you get a free toaster with a flu shot. You know, it's everywhere you go, they want to push flu shots on you. And I'm not saying that flu shots are bad. What I'm saying is, if you don't get it, you tell people, I just chose not to get it. Yeah. Well, you don't care about your mother, do you? You, you don't, don't care, care about, about your, your neighbor. neighbor. You don't, you know. Right. No, I care about them. Well, then you should get the flu shot. Well, you don't you care. And they'll, they'll report. They're, it's going to come to a place where you're going to be reported. If you go back right. to Nazi Germany, listen, we can look at history, and history is about ready to repeat itself. Right. In this case, it's going to go, and just like the church, we're not shut down because we're preaching the gospel. We're shut down because of the social shaming, the uh, uh, not being a good citizen. Right. So starting there, when Nazi Germany started, or, I mean, when it started rising up against the citizens, uh, you, you weren't a good citizen of Germany, and, and the Jews were a problem, and everything just increased to the place where, where people were ratting out their Jewish neighbors. Right. And, and it, is, it is rapidly heading that way, and I know this is very bothersome to people, but it is heading that way, and, um, and I'm looking at it going, we're, uh, people in the church are going to be ratting out other church members. For various things, but right. when, especially when you're having, when we're talking like this, we're warning about socialism. We're warning about ID 2020. We're warning about, uh, and I'm not saying ID 2020 is the mark of the beast, but it certainly seems like, in the words of Neil Armstrong, this is a giant leap giant toward leap. Uh, that right. direction, right. a big leap. Tim, you're younger than me, so you probably don't remember back in the days when. Uh, people are saying the Social Security card was the mark of the beast. No, I, I yeah. You probably heard of it. Yeah. Well, I was raised in a Christian home. Okay. My parent, my my dad, he has talked to me about this my whole life, and he's he's really opened the scriptures to me at a very young age. And you know, we talked barcodes. Oh, the shop, all the grocery stores are barcodes now. The barcode, and we saw you know the pictures of people with the the barcode tattooed on their heads and stuff like that. And of course, to us now, we we look at that and we're like, come on, 
You know, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But back in the 80s, that was like a real yeah. consideration. But now when you talk about saying, hey, we can take microscopic microchips, inject them into you, into your system, that now are unique to your system and can ID you just like that. And we can put a billion of them into people in, in just the course of a couple of years for, for 17 cents a person. Now that starts looking to the rest of the world like, hey, well, why wouldn't we do yeah. that? Why? No, that's a good idea. These people who, you know, they can't afford to really get IDs and, and have to renew their IDs all the time. They get an ID. This is in them. It's in there yeah. forever. And, and they're vaccinated. So they're going to be healthy. This is and 17 cents a person. Why wouldn't we do that? Yeah. You don't want to do that. You're mean. You're, uh, you're not a good citizen. You're not a good now, citizen. Now, I do want right. to say this. I don't believe ID 2020 is the mark of no. the beast. So I want to say that. Right. I do believe uh, what's coming. I want to get through the Mark of the Beast in a second, but I do believe what is coming in the very, very, very near future. When we get through this and through the lockdowns, what's going to happen is if you're going to travel outside of your borders of your country, uh, the, the requirement to be vaccinated and have some kind of evidence you've been vaccinated, that's what it's going to take. If you're going right. to go to another country, mark my words, you heard it here, it's coming. That's not the mark of the beast, though. So no. uh, people need to understand that. There's people right now that have uh, that are already they already have some form of identification that they've that is on their body, some type of electronic one. There's a lot of people that have that for medical purposes. Right. Uh, so, but but this is the direction it's this is this is the direction it's all going. Now let's throw out something else kind of freaky regarding the mark of the beast. So the Bible tells the Book of Revelation that. Those who receive the mark of the beast, uh, it's halfway, it, it's in the second half of the tribulation, during, I think it's the bull judgments, that their bodies are going to react. Everybody who receives the mark of the beast is going to have some type of physical disaster that happens to their body, but they will not be able to die. Almost like if there's a radiation leak of everyone who receives the mark of the beast, or something goes wrong with whatever it is, that is connected with the mark of the beast. So when you start putting vaccinations and identifications together, injected into your body, we know things can go wrong with vaccines. Right. So you're looking at it going, a new thing, we're in a rush, also coming off of the heels of the first half of the tribulation period when a quarter of the world's population dies from a plague, you're going to get marked with some kind of identification like that. And it makes sense. That's why only those who have the mark of the beast have some kind of sores that break out over their body and physical infirmity all over their body, but it doesn't kill them. It just makes them extremely miserable. Right. Yeah, and what we're seeing is a conditioning. We're, you know, mankind is being conditioned to, to openly accept something like that. Mm -hmm. And so it's just another step in that process, for sure. Yeah, so I, I look at this, say, a precedent has definitely been set. So next time something comes along, we're conditioned. Everybody just fall in line earlier. Right. Um, here's something. It, it still startles me. Um, so yesterday, I, or the other day, I decide I'm going to go to uh, uh, Walmart. Uh, a couple of Walmarts here in the valley that we live in. Um, you have other stores to shop at. And uh, so we go to the Super Walmart. I pull up to the parking lot. It's early in the morning. And there's this loudspeaker going. And it's like... Uh, <laughs> Be, be careful, stay six feet away. From, it, was that, it was that sci-fi voice, the Twilight Zone, right. Twilight Zone voice I'm hearing in the parking lot. I don't have anxiety. I, I teach on Bible prophecy. I got out of my car and I'm going, this 
is frightening. And then I'm watching all these people come out of the store, and they've got masks on. And this early in the morning, I'm going, I've only seen these things in, in sci-fi movies, Soylent Green. I don't know if you ever heard of that movie. No. Okay, Soylent Green yeah. was the one where it's supposed to be a good thing, and human beings were brought by aliens to have their, they, they went into this, this place and they came out as, as food. They, they were, their bodies were broken down into food for everybody. Uh, Soylent Green, <laughs> you can Google it. Remember that? <laughs> and, and so it, it gross. I mean, that's, so I have visions of that. I pull it up to Walmart, and this is the reality of the world we live in, but I do believe the precedent has been set. So all of the things that we look at in the book of Revelation, um, those things, Wow, I mean, we're on the fast track now, would you, do you think? Super fast track, and you know, one of the things that you've had me on before, and I, and I preached on this idea of, well, we all, we all understand the idea of progressive prophetic revelation, and so God oftentimes will, he'll start to unveil what he's doing, and we've seen, over the course of my life, for sure, I've seen that, that God has begun, in a sense, uh, the work of separating out the, the wheat from the tares. The, the true believers from the false yeah. believers. And one of the things is I, I look at this global pandemic, I look at the condition of the world right now, and if you don't know the things that are already written, and you don't have the, the peace that surpasses understanding that you get from the Holy Spirit being in you and you being covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, um, you're going to see these things that are going on in the world. It's going to be very frightening for people. And so I, I've watched over the course of, of my life, I've seen God start to show mm -hmm. that, that everything that we look at, whether it be borders, the issues of the borders, because, you know, there, there's, a, there's a spiritual force that wants to rule the entire world, uh, wants to tear down the borders. Mm -hmm. So anybody that wants to keep the borders up is saying, oh, you know, okay, we want, we want the nations as God has established this. So everything, what it comes down to marriage, sexuality, gender identity, um, socialism versus capitalism, all around the world, what we're seeing is this, this divide. And the non-believers, people like you said, people are calling you going, what is going on? Even the non-believers see that God is doing a work of separation. They just don't know what to call it. So they, they come up with this word, and you'll hear it on the news. And, and anybody who's listening and you didn't hear my last message, um, you'll know as you watch the news, you'll hear a word that's recurring over and over again. And that word is polarized. You've heard this That's in the news, right, yeah. polarized. Uh, oh, we're becoming so polarized. It's, it's not that we're becoming polarized. It's that, that God has reached out of eternity into our lives, and he's separating out. You're either for him or you're against him, and it's never been more clear. And as we see what's going on in the, the world right now, I'm watching how people are reacting to this. And it's as if I can see the true believers from the false believers. The true believers... They're not fearful of this at all. They're walking around with a peace. And then people will say, well, you're a science denier. No, I'm not a science denier. I believe that this is real. I believe this is happening. I believe people can die from it, and we need to take it serious. I believe that. Yeah. But at the same time, I have peace. So don't, don't mistake the peace that I have for a lack of care. I, it's not that I don't care. I'm at peace. And, and it, it transcends understanding. That's yeah. the whole idea of the peace of the Lord. And that's not to say also that, that there may be some true born-again Christians that that they're fearful. It's not that they're not true Christians because they're fearful, but they may be young in their faith. And it's times like this that help us to increase our faith. It's a testing of our faith. And the testing of our faith, it starts to solidify our faith and help us to grow in that. So that way the next time, because let's face it, the numbers show that, that this isn't as dangerous as they initially thought, even though it should still be taken seriously. But the next time this comes around, it could be even more dangerous. Yeah. And so 
people that are young in their faith need to use this as an opportunity for their faith to increase and be solidified. Right. Well, also with that, Tim, things will, you know, I, I don't want to sound like scare people, but things are going to get worse. Something uh, about the I, Bible tells I mean, us that, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I know people don't want to hear that, but the way the Bible describes the events of the last days unfolding is birth pains, right? Right. So you and I have witnessed these birth pains increase and increase and increase. And, and typically with birth pains, uh, they come and then they're subsiding. They come and they're subsiding. The last four years, since Trump has been elected, you can really see it. Right. It's been like this. They haven't been subsiding at all. And now we have this massive one that I really is, think of generated more by fear than anything else. Right. But that's, again, one of the signs because Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, men's hearts will fail them from the fear and expectation of what's coming. Right. And so we're watching that as another massive birth pain. Then he said, when you see these things begin to take place, you better look up because right. your redemption draws near. So when we're witnessing these things, these are, we're talking about things that the Bible told us to look for because they point to the greater. They point to the Lord Jesus Christ. They point to heaven. They point toward eternity. They point toward the reality that Jesus is coming back. And he's, gonna, he's going to judge sin, and he's going, to, he's going to right all of the wrongs. We're going to have a glorious kingdom, and there's going to be a millennial kingdom, and then there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and Jesus is going to rule and reign. But these signs that we're, are, is what we're right. experiencing are the signs. Right. He said, watch this sign, right. and you'll know I'm coming. And then watch this sign. So we're going, this is happening. So hence, if yeah. you know your Bible, and you put it in the right context, this should strengthen you. Right, yeah, think about the day that we're celebrating today, Palm Sunday, the day that Jesus fulfilled what we saw in Matthew, or I mean, sorry, in Daniel uh, chapter 9, um, 483 years after the decree went out to rebuild the, the city. Um, to the day, Jesus walks in, the triumphal entry, it's what we're celebrating today. And right after he does that, he sits on the mount, he looks over the city, and he weeps over Jerusalem. And the reason he's weeping is because all the signs were given, and they should have known. They could have calculated it down to that day and would have known, and they should have known because it was already written for them to know. Yeah. And yet they failed to know. And here we are 2,000 years later. The signs have been given to us. Mm -hmm. And my fear is that Jesus is going to come back and go, I need to weep again. Yeah. If you that, know? I, I think you're right. Well, I know you're right because of the way the Bible describes the church right during the last lukewarm you know you, when you yeah. look at the description that the bible gives us of the last days and the the character of the people it's really about the character of the church you know even when paul is writing to timothy in second timothy chapter three that's really an indictment against the church right men will be lovers of themselves lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god right um disobedient that's the church attitude and right. you're looking going well wait a minute um, so and then when you look at Second Peter chapter 3, uh, where there will be scoffers in the last yeah, day. Where is this day? Well, where yeah. is this day? So this is what I, I'm, I'm very concerned of what's going to happen. Well, I think it is going to happen just because I read my Bible like you do. We're going to get through this, and people like you and I or anybody that enjoys Bible prophecy uh, is going to get labeled even more of a nutcase because you said Jesus was coming, ah, look, right. we're all back to normal, people are getting their jobs back, you just need to fall in line and be a good citizen, where's the promise of his coming? Right. And then it's going to start to cycle again. However, with these birth pangs increasing and not really letting down much, I don't think we're going to have a lull for very long no. before the great 
next thing happens. And I have been reading that the next time this virus comes around, one of the things that seems scientists are very concerned about is it's going to be much stronger the next time around. Uh, from very, now, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an economist. I'm none of those things, but I do study the Bible. And, and, and I know the Bible, and, and I know what the Bible tells us about the last days. Uh, Tim, we are almost out of time. Well, this has been a great time with you today, but I want to end on some great hope. And uh, but I, I, this is what people, I, people here, they tell me, I get it online, uh, what about the rapture? Uh, where is it? Is it really going to happen? What does the Bible have to say about it? Uh, what about the mark of the beast? You're scaring me with these things. Will you fill in all of our viewers on the rapture and the yeah. hope the hope that we have? Yeah, I think about that. That is our blessed hope, the, the resurrection of the dead and the rapture of the church. And this is what we're waiting for. And without this resurrection, what is Christianity in the first place? What do we have? If there is no resurrection, what are you and I doing here talking about this? The whole idea of Christianity is that we serve a God who loved us enough to send his only begotten son to live a life of perfection that none of us, you haven't done it, Sorry to let you know, but you're an imperfect person. I'm an imperfect person. Hate to tell you all that are watching, all of you are imperfect. We just serve a very perfect and very holy God. And so he lived a life of perfection, suffered, died a death on a cross, got stuck into the grave, but he didn't stay there. Three days later, he rose again. He resurrected. He was given a new body that, that was not submission you know not in submission to all the the laws that we know here the, the laws of gravity and physics and stuff like that um this this body that could still eat but then could be in one place one moment and transfer to the next place and show up through walls and 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 it was incredible his body resurrected and we at some point if we are alive when he comes back to get the church and resurrect the dead we're going to get transformed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye as as we're, we're told Amen. yeah uh, we're going to be transformed we're going to be caught up with him if we happen to die before he comes back we don't have anything to worry about because absent with the body present with the lord um and then we get our body resurrected and we get to go up and be with him as well and that is going to happen yeah. uh, god told us that it will happen he's told us everything else and it's all happened the way he told us it would happen and so we have no no reason to doubt the word of God and while we wait what do we have to fear he says fear yeah. not I'm with you um, if you'll seek first my kingdom and my righteousness everything you need will be given to you so we don't have to worry if we're gonna have enough toilet paper we don't have to worry if we're gonna have enough bottled water if you seek first Jesus Christ if you seek first the kingdom of God his righteousness anything you need is gonna be given to you he's gonna take care of you because he loves you amen yeah. I, I couldn't help but think you just mentioned the toilet paper yeah. as at the store this morning, and I'm looking, or this afternoon, I'm looking at store shelves, the, the toilet paper is still empty. I'm thinking, there must be people with houses entirely full of toilet paper. you got to have a spare paper. bedroom. You've got <laughs> bedrooms, living rooms, garages. There right. must be. It's just so bizarre. Yeah. But on the rapture, um, First Thessalonians, which where you're quoting from, there's that generation that's to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That term caught up uh, is the Greek word harpazo. The Latin word is rapturo, or uh, like that and we get our English word rapture from it. The rapture is in the Bible. And then Paul tells Timothy, therefore comfort one another with these right. words. And then he goes on and says, just continuing from there, that we should not be caught unaware. We're not going to be caught like a thief in the night. If you should know these things. Be sober-minded. Right. In other words, be sober-minded about these things. And Paul starts right where you said, don't be, right where you began with, don't be ignorant about these things. Right. Do not be ignorant uh, the rapture hasn't happened yet. It is going to happen. Our hope is in heaven. It's not in this world. 
I, I'm much more concerned about being a good citizen in heaven than a good citizen of this world, the way that this world is going. I right. want to live by the law of the land, but at the same time, most importantly, I'm living by the Lord and according to that to please Him. Right. Uh, with Amen. that, uh, any final words for all of our viewers before the worship team comes up? Um, one, one thing. So um, really quick. I'll be extremely quick. Second Chronicles. Um, I've seen this verse quoted a, long, a lot lately. is why I wanted to bring it up. But uh, Second Chronicles verse uh, 15, uh, 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Beautiful verse. Uh, it's a great principle for us to understand, but I want to draw people's attention to the verse right before it. The verse says, when I shut up the heavens and there is no rain, and I command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence, pestilence, another word for pandemics, among my people, then if my people who are called by my name. He goes on to that. So we have seen those three things happen very recently in our world. Worldwide, we've seen these fires due to lack of rain. We've seen plagues of locusts travel across continents still traveling still traveling yeah. we've seen uh, pandemics pestilence um I, I want people to know that god is trying to grab our attention he's trying to shake amen. up the church get us to focus on him and we really need to do that amen praise the lord thank you so much tim one thank last you. thing yeah. back to the facebook with olivier melnick you can go to both tim's church of 412 church marietta ours 412 church or, or uh, hope for our times either of those we'll have the posting there or right here on the YouTube channel, it's also there for Olivier Melnick. For this, listen, this Wednesday night, you need to go there. It's going to be at the Seder. It's only an hour long. Listen, this is Holy Week. And being able to, to look at that, and people are sheltering at home, just like the Jews did at the very first Passover. We live in remarkable times. I'm hoping that this rapture you've been talking about happens soon. That would be great. It, it, it would be fantastic. <laughs> With that, we're going to conclude our time with one closing song of worship. Pastor Dennis, you take it away? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.